0: helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. This is Gerard Hector and you are listening to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. hard to tell podcast episode 54 dexter henry brian fonseca here brian how you doing man
1: i'm all right i'm surviving
0: you're surviving yeah all right you're surviving it was a
1: very 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 eventful weekend we had
0: yeah it was it was a very <laughs> eventful weekend in the sports world one of the major things we're going to talk about today is a, a trade that went down uh, with the New York Mets, yeah. and the Seattle Mariners. My dad,
1: who is a diehard Mets fan of many years, was taking a shower as this was going on, so I knocked on the door and yelled, "Dad, they made the trade!" And he was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how that news broke in my household.
0: That's how the news broke. Uh, a mixed reaction from fans about the trade. Um, some fans are really uh, for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, some fans kind of don't like me. Kind of don't know how to feel about it. And then some fans like absolutely hate it. I'm
1: f- I'm for some elements of it
0: you're for some elements of it.
1: because they i'm you know the part that's obviously concerning if you're a met fan which we both unapologetically are i'm really messed up that word there but you know the giving up your farm system basically or two of your best prospects in your farm system one of them who may or may not be mlb ready next year and justin dunn who was your best pitcher in the minor leagues last year and then you have jared kelanick who you just drafted six overall and was the first prospect you drafted out of high school since Dominic Smith, which gives reason to believe that it would take him time to get to the majors. Right. But he is 19 years old, and he is promising. And then you gave up Gerson Bautista, which, I mean, Mets fans are not really going to care for. And then Jay Bruce and Swarzak is like, great, you know, you want to get rid of those two. Right. So there's like sort of mixed things there. But on the flip side, you do get Cano, Robinson Cano, who, you know, contractually has five years, 24 million left each year. And that's going to be a lot of money. And, you know, I don't know, like, we'll we'll obviously get more information as to who's going to be giving him the rest of that contract. And then Edwin Diaz, who, you know, I love.
0: Top notch closer.
1: You know, I love him because I already said this, like, he's 24. He's from Caguas. He's Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. So, you know, I'm on a mission to become his wingman when he does come to New York City.
0: That, that's a bit much. <laughs> All right. Well. And we
1: did pick him. Episode 39, I did nominate him. That was the only time we went with two athletes. We went with him and Daryl Strawberry on the artwork. So you know that I'm not phony when I say I'm a fan of Edwin Diaz's work.
0: You were, you were vying for him then. Yes. Well, to talk about this trade, we have a, a special guest today. Um, she wasn't able to come in studio, but she was fortunate enough to give us some of her time. Uh, good longtime colleague of mine. We go back to covering high school basketball together uh, in the PSAL. Uh, good friend, good colleague, Christy Ackert, uh, national baseball writer. Uh, does a great job. You can see some of her work in the Daily News. Christy, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. There's a lot. A lot's been going on with the Mets, huh? Uh,
2: they've been busy, yeah. They certainly are making some uh, splashes this winter.
0: Christy,
1: I just want to say that this is the first time we have somebody call into the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, the first time we allowed this, so this makes you very, very special as yes. far as our guests are concerned.
2: Well, I appreciate that. Unfortunately, because they haven't finalized the deal, I have to stay close to my computer, but I do appreciate you making that concession.
0: Well, we appreciate the time. Like First of all, we definitely appreciate the time. So, Christy, I want to uh, kick it off by this. Uh, the Mets, if you're a Mets fan, you've been pretty down in the last couple of years. You have not <laughs> had much hope, right? The, the hot stove hasn't been hot for the Mets. Um, it's, just and, it's, it's just been a stove. It's just been a stove. Did this move shock you? I know we heard a lot about this, the talk in the, in the coming weeks, uh, this trade for Cano and Edwin Diaz. Did this move shock you at all?
2: Um, it's much more aggressive than past front offices. Um, I like that they're getting Diaz. I mean, I think if, you, if you're if you looking at the closers that are available, he. I mean, he's better than probably – he's younger. He's under team control, so it's better than spending a lot of money on a Craig Kimbrell, who I didn't think that was that consistent this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Zach Britton, but I think you're going to have to pay for him. I, I still think you might be able to get a little bit of a discount on him because he's coming off of injury, but I like him. But this is – I mean, Diaz is a – an elite closer under team control for four years. I mean, he's not even reached arbitration yet. That's a great get. Um, I liked the deal a lot better when they were getting about $50 million back. Um, <clears throat> I think that, you know, we saw what happened at the end of David Wright's contract. We saw what is happening with Ioannis Cespedis's contract. The end of Robinson Cano's contract could be very ugly. Um, so... <laughs> You know, win these two years, and it won't matter. But I don't know that they're close enough to win yet.
0: So that's the thing, right, Christy? You talked about two years there. It, it, th- that's the best we can expect, you know, in this situation to get out of Cano, because that's the way I look at it, too. If they yeah. can get two, good, two three years good years out of him, yep. um, that's good. I guess the other question I have is, do you know what happened in these talks, that it went from $50 million that the Mariners were going to kick in to now it's only $20 million, which is which has been reported why did the Mariners come down off the money, and why does it seem like the Mets went from giving up two prospects to three prospects? See,
2: I don't think that that's, that's what happened in the talks. I think that's what happened when it gets translated to reporters. Hmm. Um, I think the Mets wanted, you know, 50, 60 million, and they put it out there that they wanted it, and the Mariners were like, uh, no. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how these things happen. And some of the negotiation does get done through the national media. Um, I think that was like an unbelievable, I mean, if he pulled that off, you know, you'd be saying, wow, but you know, Brody Van Wagenen's going to kill this job. I think 20 is, um, you know, that's, it gives them two years really. I mean, for the next two years of Jay Bruce's contract, the Mets are kind of in a good place with the contract, um, you know, I think the three prospects they're sending back, you know, you're going to pay that for an elite closer. I mean, I almost look at it as two separate deals in a way. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I am of the belief, and I know Mets fans are not, I I, I don't like prospects. Prospects don't win you anything, you know? I mean, all they do is give you hope that nine times out of ten, you know, it doesn't live up to what they have been hyped up to be. Um, I had an argument with another writer the other day, and he said, you know, are you going to give up seven years of Nimmo and Conforto? And it's like, no, but I'd give up seven years of Gavin Caccini and Dom Smith. You know, it's hit or miss. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I like like the idea that they're they're more willing to trade prospects. I think this organization has way too long overvalued their prospects and held on to them too long.
1: Would it be fair to say that this move is – not just this standalone thing that we're going to start seeing more aggression from the Mets, maybe in the winter meetings and moving forward the rest of this offseason. Because, you know, we've seen reports about them being linked to Corey Kluber and then, you know, possibly trading Noah Syndergaard. So where are they kind of at with all of that?
2: I think, well, course, you know, I talked to someone about the Kluber Uh, rumors and they did talk to the Indians, but they talked to everyone. Um, They're looking at all possibilities. I think you're seeing them being very aggressive, maybe a little more energetic. Um, You know, I think Sandy Alderson had his ways. He knew, you know, he was very comfortable and familiar with what was out there. You're seeing Brody Van Wagenen trying to get a lay of the land. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the Kluber rumors—I don't think there's much there. I've been told they didn't even get to the point where they exchanged names. So, wow. okay,
1: that makes sense. That
2: would—that would be something they'd have to go back on. Syndergaard—they were—they were interested in moving Syndergaard this this summer. Um, mm. I talked to some teams that were talking to them, and they got the sense that that they were planning on moving Syndergaard within the year. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I think it's less likely to happen with this move. I mean, this move kind of signals to me that they're trying to win this year. Right. They're not. I mean, and they've been talking again and again that they don't want to do a major rebuild. Um, y- you can't trade away, you know, a 26-year-old for Corey Kluber. I mean, exactly. Syndergaard's cheaper right now, younger. Um I mean, I do have some concerns about Syndergaard I going too. forward. Yeah. But, you know, I'd like to see him learn to pitch better than throw hard. Right. That, um, see, that's
1: my main concern with him also, where I feel like DeGrom is more seasoned in that way. Syndergaard, I feel like, still is relying too much on topping out at like 100 miles an hour.
2: Yeah. And let's, I mean, let's, you know, be fair here. DeGrom is four years older than Syndergaard. Right. You know, he's a little he's a lot more mature. He's a father of two kids. Um, And he worked a lot harder to get to where he is. Yes, He he is a very smart pitcher. I remember sitting with him two years ago and asking him about his velocity. He's like, you know what? I just see them hitting home runs with velocity. I'm going to take some of it off and pitch higher up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, he just thinks that way. Maybe you hope Syndergaard would learn that the other concern I have with Syndergaard and I've had teams tell me this about them. You know, they were looking I had one team that was looking to trade for him this July, come to me and ask me about the incident where he refused to get the MRI. And their concern was how stubborn is he? Mm. Is he, will he work with us or is that going to be a problem? Mm. Um, So the Mets, and and that person said to me that the Mets seemed a little concerned about that too, so that may be why they're motivated to move him. Is they're concerned about him going forward?
0: So that that um, that's kind of, Chrissy. That's kind of the question I had. You kind of answered it there. Well, they're concerned about him and why they would actually want to trade him. Because most Mets fans I talk to, they say, hey. We don't want to trade this guy. You know, kind of what you said before, he's 26. Why would you give up on him at at this point? But this concern that the Mets have with him, as far as mentally and stubbornness, is real.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I don't know that the Mets have the same concern. I I think they have some concern about how he handled the MRI issue. Right. Um, And he didn't look good. I mean, he looked like a stubborn little child, (laughs) Um, which at times he has looked like that. I think. If you are buying into the idea that Brody Van Wagenen and Jeff Wilpon are selling, it's that you're going to win in 2019 and you can compete. You you can't trade Syndergaard. <laughs> you just right. unless you're going to get major league players back.
0: No, uh, no, ab- abso- absolutely. Which I'm not sure they would get when I when I look at the Mets and and speak to Mets fans. Um, and it seems like they are they are true. They seem to be true to their word. The fact that. They don't want to rebuild, a long rebuild. They want to try to win immediately. But understand, I think you could understand uh, covering the team, the trepidation that Mets fans have in terms of them spending the money, et cetera. Um, what else can this team do in this offseason? Uh, still a lot of holes on this team. Still need a catcher. Um what can this team do in this off season, or do you think they will do anything else?
1: Dexter wants real Muto. Tell them that they're going to get real Muto. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Oh,
2: I, I, I'm not Santa Claus. I can't deliver. <laughs> day, so. Come on, Christy. Uh, um, I, hey, I, I'd love to see that too. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh. Um, one of the one of the, the things you know, talking to people, somebody brought up a good point about moving Jared Kalanick and Justin Dunn. I'm very happy that they're willing to do it. But if you're going to do it, I guess I would have liked to see you have shopped them around a little more. Mm. Maybe see if you could have packaged them for a real Muto. Because quite frankly, I think if you're going to build around this strong starting staff, you need a good catcher. I mean, Puecki and Darno, fine backups. You can't go into 2019 platooning them as your number ones. And I have said this since 2015. I think you need an outside catcher to come in with some gravitas and be able to tell a guy like Syndergaard, no, you're not going to throw 100 miles an hour. I want you to throw this pitch here now. Mm. I think they need someone that didn't grow up with these guys, and you know, being able to tell them this is what we need to do. Sometimes the catcher has to get into a pitcher's face, mm. and you know, I think they need one of those desperately.
1: Do you think Wilson Ramos or somebody like that it could be that guy? Assuming that you know they would go hard after somebody like that in free agency, he's one that I think of obviously because you know he's veteran. I,
2: he- he concerns me a little bit with his injury history. I like Maldonado.
1: Okay. I uh, think
2: that's... he has. I think he has the gravitas, the you know, the veteran, the sense to be able to do it and do it in a good way. I don't think you have to like Jacob deGrom. You have to do very little with Jacob. Right. right. <laughs> Zach, you have to go out once in a while and be like, okay, I'll let it go. Let's get on with it. Um, but not as much anymore because he's grown up quite a bit. Um, but I, I like a Maldonado. I don't know. See, the big question is, and we don't have an answer even after this trade. Are they going to expand their their payroll?
1: Mm. Yes. How much are
2: they going to pay? Yes. I mean, catchers, the catch. I mean, we saw how bad the catching position is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yasmani Grandal is the top free agent out there, right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. benched during the playoffs. Playoff. Yep. <laughs> so, you know it. This is going to be tough. I'm, I'm imagining you're going to pay. I mean, Grandel turned down over 17 million on a qualifying offer, so he's going to get a lot of money. Ramos is going to get a lot. I mean, this is a position that everybody wants to upgrade on, and there's just not a lot of good catchers out there. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're going to pay. That's not something that's been answered yet. Yeah,
0: the, the, and I think that's the big question for me, Christy. Is will they, will they spend the money? <sighs> and that's when. The- <laughs> You hear Brian sign. That's been the question for years, right, with the Mets. Will they, will they actually uh, spend the money? You say you don't know. Nobody knows. Has there been – I mean, I'm sure that will be one of the questions when Cano is introduced and as you go to the winter meetings that people will ask other the front office. Speaking of the front office, um, Brody Van Wagnigan, um, your thoughts on his hire, because I thought it was very interesting. There was a lot of um, talk around it. Is this good for the team? Former agent, now stepping in the general manager role. What are your thoughts on that? We've seen this in basketball, but now this is kind of new to baseball. What are your thoughts on how it has fit with the bets as a GM?
2: Okay, one quick point. Yes. The payroll question has been asked again and again and again. It will be asked again. It has not been answered. Um,
0: Great. That's not a good sign.
2: (laughs) In fact, I asked asked it right before Thanksgiving. But anyways Mm. – what did I think? Okay. I think that it's an interesting role. I'm not really sure what his role of as GM is. Um, Omar Minaya, when they brought Omar and Minaya back last year, that was a big move. Um, one, it was a move to show that Fred Wilpon is still very much involved. Mm. Omar is quietly behind the scenes making a lot of calls, making a lot of, you know, decisions. People that they're bringing in, Allard Baird, good relationship mm-hmm. with Omar Manaya. Terry Collins is now pretty high up in the player development. He's an Omar Manaya guy. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Omar I think the one good thing that I have seen from Brody is he surrounded himself with some good people. Omar's a good guy well like throughout baseball, Alec Baird's very smart. One of those guys that everybody in baseball seems to have good things to say about. He's surrounding himself with people who have done this job and can take parts of it off of his, you know, his list of agendas can help him. That's very smart. Um, I think the Mets wanted a face to the front office that would be positive and you know, energetic and young. And I think they're getting that. So I don't really know what Brody's role is right now. Um, I guess we'll have to see, but so far he has put on a very good, you know, a good front on the Mets, I think a face or a front. Hmm.
1: Both of our faces kind of lit up when you mentioned that Omar Mania is still involved. (laughs) 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 Dex, I'm wondering why that's the case with you.
0: Um, I liked Minaya. Uh Obviously interviewed him a couple times, and I thought he did a decent job. With I him. met him
1: at, I think, at LIU Brooklyn this summer. And I summer. think he's
0: a good player. Devel- I think he, you know, obviously a good job of player development, Christy. I mean, some of his signings are questionable that we can go back and look at, but <laughs> um, I think he did a good job in that. So his hands on certain things isn't a bad thing to me. I don't look at it like, oh, you know, it's negative. Not saying that you were saying that, but um, I'm sure there's some Mets fans who feel differently, but I think that's a good thing. And I think it's a good thing to hear that, Brody has surrounded himself with good people, people that you think are good yeah. to help him. You need that. You need that kind of support in front of office. Also better for us Latinos. Yes. I just want to put that out there.
2: You know what the thing about Omar to me is, and, and when they brought him back last December, I was really happy for Mets fans. I mean, I know not all Mets fans like him, but remember, Omar grew up in Queens. Yep. Mm. This is his, This is his. you know, team. This is like, this, this is more to him than just a job. This is like who he is, mm-hmm. so I, I whether you know Mets fans like him or hate him, he understands you. He's one of you, and he's going to try to do the best he can for you. So I, I just think it's a good fit.
0: Yeah, no, I I think it's a good fit. I'm going to switch gears for a, a little bit real quickly before we get to some stuff on the national scene. Um okay. just want to talk a little about you, um, as I, <laughs> as I've mentioned uh, before, Christy and I we go way back. It makes us feel old now. Um, yeah. to covering. <laughs> Uh, high school basketball here in New York City. Um, obviously, obviously, I've been you know around the scene for a long time. You too. You look in clubhouses, especially in baseball, um, you don't see a lot of women uh, still reporting. You're 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 one of the a uh, few out there. Sadly, how it, it's we're in 2018, but you still doing this and uh, being a woman out there representing for the ladies. How important is that? Is that something you think about every time you step in a clubhouse? You go out to report. Is that still on your mind?
2: Um. I think it's less and less. It's, I, I'm aware of it when I see a younger woman come into the clubhouse. Mm. I think the one thing about having gone from um, high school basketball in the city, I was the only woman.
0: Yes, I remember that. Yes,
2: and I don't think it was actually an issue more than once or twice. You know, and it's funny because, you know, uh, Kimba Walker. Mm. Right before I started covering bas- uh, baseball full time, I was doing backup MBA and. You know, I remember one of the PR guys like stopped me from going in to talk to Kimba for some reason. And Kimba and his mother being like, no, 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 no. <laughs> she comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the more I'm around, people just get really used to like the Mets, you know, pretty much if I wasn't there, they were more interested in it like. Why weren't you here for three days? You know, you, you become part of the furniture, but you're a different part of the furniture because you stand out a little bit. Um, would I like to see more women? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, it's a tough covering baseball is a tough job in a lot of ways. It's a grind. It's a long year. I mean, basically you leave home in February and then you're gone for six weeks. You come home, you're home for two weeks at a time usually. And then you're on the road. Um, and it's not like you get a an off season anymore um you know you i've you've been covering a gm search then you cover rumors and it's just it's a grind, so I understand why a lot of women don't stay in it. It would be nice to see more women in it. It'd be nice to see more women have points of view in it. Um, you see some beat writers. you don't see very many women columnists. You don't see you see Jessica Mendoza. You don't see that many um, women on national broadcasts other than that. It would be nice to see more of that. Um, but you know, we still haven't seen a woman GM, so mm,
0: good point. You know,
2: I I'd like to see baseball do more to put women in a position to be considered than always bringing out Kim Ng and saying we're being progressive.
0: Great point, <laughs> <laughs> which I which I which I'm with you. I would like to see baseball do more. They they seem to be a little bit slow um, in that regard. Going back to you, you brought up a point about being um, when we were covering high school basketball here, especially a lot in, in the city, uh, New York City, that is. Um, What was it like then? Because you were the, you know, I don't think I ever asked you that, but obviously being part of that group, me, myself, you, you, um, Ian Begley, Uh uh, Zach, all these guys that covered it. But you were, for so many games, you were the only woman then. Being younger then, what was that like for you being the only woman in that group and covering high school basketball, which was extremely male-dominated?
2: You know, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um I mean there were times that guys were, you know, jerks to me, some of the older coaches. Not surprised. Um, uh yeah. But Is there one is there
0: one example of that that you could share um, with us? You don't have to give the name, although I probably know who it is, Christy. <laughs> I,
2: I had an older um I had a couple older Catholic school coaches you know, explain to me that they had girls teams I could cover too. Wow. Or oh, wow. um I had one, you know, basically try to interview me about what I knew about basketball. Um, oh. They're gone now, and I'm still doing this. So, um,
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that, Christy. I like that shot fired. Nice. But
2: you know what? I, I, the thing that I loved and I miss about covering high school basketball. I love the kids. The guys. The guys I covered were so interesting, and never really gave me a hard time about being a woman and not one kid ever mm. gave me a hard time about being a woman. Mm. In fact, you know, I think they were surprised if they saw there was an issue. Um, mm. so I, you know, I, the kids I covered, they were fascinating. I used to, I, you know, when I was, in, when I saw Kimba in the NBA, that was so much fun. I mean, I was mm. just like, oh, this is so cool. It's like, kind of like, you know, watching a kid grow up. I'm, I loved covering high school basketball. I just wish there was more of it to do.
0: Yes. I yes, I, I miss it. I miss it too and it's not it's not the same as it used to be. I tell Brian that all the time. Uh just how different it is and it's changed and the opportunities it gave us. So, yeah, those those were good times, but it makes you feel old thinking about it. I mean, sometimes. we talked yeah,
1: cuz we talked about change in the industry so much and now that that sort of I guess path if you will from covering high school and then moving up in that way is kind of like dissolved. And now it's just, there's a whole bunch of different paths, but all of them are very, very imperfect. Whereas before you had something a little more traditional.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, it was the best place to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you can see sometimes in young reporters that have gone, you know, to pros right away, you can see the difference. You learn one of the great things about baseball. One of the great things about high school is when you write about somebody, it affects them and you find out right Mm -hmm. because baseball you're in the clubhouse every day you write something and it pisses somebody off they're going to tell you the next day Mm -hmm. um you do it in high schools their mother or their father's going to tell you the next day Mm -hmm. so you learn to be very responsible and very careful very quickly
0: yeah and that's that's definitely a good thing to learn as a journalist all right switching gears back to baseball um and on the national scene um this free agency period and we have the winter meetings coming up which you will be going to um is very interesting you got some big names out there bryce harper uh manny machado a lot of rumors about where uh, both of those guys will go where do you see either of those guys an- ending up
1: not the yankees right
2: you know i i don't <laughs> know why everybody keeps saying that machado's gonna end up at the phillies and in my heart and in my head i keep saying to myself he's gonna be in pinstripes Ugh. um I, Christy, I, you hurt I, you
0: hurt the heart of a lot of Mets fans. But.
2: I know. Well, I mean, let's okay, let's get that out of the way. Okay. Oh, here we, we go. Know <laughs> that that is very unlikely to happen. I've been told they're not likely to go that way. Um, wait which way to the Mets?
0: That's oh no, no no.
1: Yeah. But I'm not saying I'm not saying that. Oh no,
0: she's no. She's just saying it. Right, saying right, the, right. The well, are.
1: Fans. Yeah, there are. I have seen Christy to your point. I have seen Mets fans calling for Machado to replace Ahmed Rosario, and I'm like dude what he was starting to develop at the end of last year why would you you know disrupt that
2: well i i don't have a problem with that i really don't because honestly i'm all for bringing the guy who can play you know i mean it's great again we're getting back to the the mets fan and the mets have a thing about their young players coming up you know what rosario's been okay but Mm -hmm. he's he doesn't look like he's gonna be a superstar yet and this is two years in so i have no problem with that but it's not going to happen. Let's let's be real. Um, <laughs> and the the thing that's interesting, like the Phillies are like apparently burning dollar bills out down there in Philly, like waiting to spend money. Um, but wouldn't it make some sense for them to save some money for Mike Trout? But whatever. Um,
0: yeah. It would I yeah just, I, I or just Arenado?
2: Get, yeah, I just can't get past the idea that the the Yankees you know, serendipitously need a shortstop right now. He wants to be a Yankee. I, I just, I have this feeling he'll end up there. And honestly, I have a feeling Bryce Harper's going to end up back with the Nationals. Huh.
1: I yeah, I've been feeling, Yeah, I've been feeling the same way. <laughs> it's crazy. I
2: just, I don't see him going anywhere. And I see the Nationals pulling a deal out. You know, I mean, they always work with Scott Boris. And so I just see the, him ending up back there.
0: And in, in, in really, and so Machado to the Yankees. Wow, oh. that would be. God. I don't even know how I feel is, about is that. There, I have no reaction in this
1: in this Machado sweepstakes, if you will. Is there, I guess, a dark horse like I don't know, maybe like Boston or something? I'm just throwing a random name in there.
2: Um, I kind of thought the Cubs would be. Mm. I don't know why I felt like that, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, the Cubs need to do something. Uh. They have not had two good years here, so I I don't know. The Cubs are in the back of my mind. They're always the dark horse ever since the, what, 2015 winter meetings when they came out of nowhere and got Zobrist yep. <laughs> and did a lot of work, made a lot of work for me. So I always <laughs> see them as the, the dark horses.
0: Is there any chance Machado back with the Dodgers, or is that, is that kind of, like, not going to happen at all?
2: I don't see that happening. Um Maybe, but I, I I don't know. I just don't see that. It, it it didn't look like great fit at the time either. So yeah, I just I, I I I would say Yankees or Phillies, and then from there who knows?
0: Yeah, who who no no. no Speaking
1: knows. of the Dodgers, another Dodger who Dexter and I very much like, yes, uh, Yasiel Puig, who is on the trading block. I guess that would be fair to say. Is there an update on you know where he might end up. Uh, we would both like to see him with the Mets. Actually, I'm not sure how that works, <laughs> but <laughs>
0: Chrissy's laugh tells me no. Yeah, right.
2: No, but here actually, you know what it made me think of is when the Mets played the Dodgers in the 2015 DS. Yes, yeah. I got sent to ask an yeah, you and a suspect about Yasiel Puig. And the look on his face and the answer he gave me was like, whoa, <laughs> okay, <laughs> something's going on here. Um, like how?
1: Wait, like what was what, said? What, like what he was, was not that?
2: happy to talk about Yasiel Pui.
1: Oh. Oh.
0: Like, oh! he was
2: like looking at me like I was like, you know.
0: Why would you even bring that up? So they're not yeah. cool?
2: I, apparently, I don't know. I mean, and you can't, like I can't joke around a little bit with Johannes, you know we can talk a little bit um and that one he wouldn't even he he knew no, shut me down right away so that, that would is? be a very interesting move damn i don't know where yassiel puig is gonna end up honestly um that's a that's a that's a tough sell for the dodgers too because there's obviously so much talent but there's baggage you know mm-hmm. i mean they haven't done a very good job of hiding their displeasure with him. So, you know, other teams are going to look, you know, going to look to rake them over the coals to get him. So, I, I don't know. I can't offer you an answer there. I'm not good at speculating or crystal balling here. Mm,
1: so, he's going to the Yankees, too. Got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I don't think so, but okay. <laughs>
0: Christy, what, uh, as the time of recording this podcast, what did you think about this deal? The Phillies obviously talked about them spending a lot of money deal that came down today where they got a uh, Jean Segura from the Mariners. What did you think about that?
2: I think it's a, I mean, he's a good player and it makes them better. I mean, it's a good move for them. I expect so much more from them this winter um, in terms of spending money. Um, I think it's a good fit for them. And uh, you know, that's the other reason that, you know, the Mets really need to get serious right now. Mm. um, the Phillies are spending money and they were better than them this year. The Braves are good and they've already, you know, brought Josh Donaldson in. Yeah. You know, the Mets are going to be fighting to finish 3rd in that division if they don't make some significant changes.
0: Well, that that puts a sense of urgency on the Mets too, and obviously you talked about uh, getting the catcher. You, I believe you said earlier. I just want to circle back to this: no shot of the Mets getting Riamoto. That that's he wants not to make sure happen. he wants to make sure you're clear. <laughs> I just want to make sure Chrissy's clear on that. i I'm not.
2: <laughs> um, from what I've been told, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's it's been reported the Marlins don't want to deal him in division. <sighs> um and you know it's gonna who you're gonna have to give up like a conforto a nimmo (sighs) and possibly like a zach wheeler in that one Mm. that's gonna hurt a lot
1: yeah i'd rather just sign rosa ramos then is there is there a hurt is there a chance that that we're you know at opening day and travis darno is still their starter
0: chrissy don't disappoint me
1: here (laughs) look at
2: dexter's face (laughs) um (laughs) It's it's the mess. There's always that possibility. <laughs> I mean, let's let's you know. I mean, I, I can only go on past history here.
0: Right. Um, mm.
2: There's always that possibility.
0: Were you shocked at the Darno tender and uh, Wilmer Flores? Wilmer Flores being released?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess when they didn't include Jeff McNeil in the Seattle deal, I was a little less surprised about Wilmer. Obviously, I was disappointed because Wilmer is not only a fan favorite, but he is a reporter favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, Travis kind of, um, you know, he's had so many issues. The only reason I figured that they might tender him is because, one, again, the catching market is so bad. And two, even if they tender him a contract, they can still cut him in spring training. Right. And that's true. they're only have to, I think it's like 600000 or, I don't know what it, I don't know the money on it. It's like with Ruben Tejada. Remember, they yep. tendered him a contract and then cut him in spring training. Mm. Um, that's that's kind of, it. that is just insurance as far as I can see.
0: Um, is, is there a team you think that'll be, from what we see through the winter meetings, that'll be very uh, aggressive? Um, the Indians have been reporting a lot of stuff as far as you know, dealing and trying to retool their team. Is there a team out there we could watch to see very aggressive this off season?
2: I think the Mets are going to be mm. aggressive, huh. um, whether they spend or not. I don't know, but they'll be aggressive. I, yeah, the Indians seem aggressive, which is interesting because their division doesn't seem that strong.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, the Phillies. I mean, I keep waiting for the Phillies to be aggressive. I keep expecting them, and the Cubs. The Cubs will have to do something. So, you might see them make some moves.
0: All right. Um, well, we look forward to if we look ahead to spring training. I know we're we'll going a couple months ahead. Will the Mets? <laughs> will the Mets be better in 2019 than they were in 2018? Yes or no? What does Christy Ackert say?
2: Oh, well, honestly, Robinson Cano is the minute he puts that jersey on is their best hitter. Let's be real. Mm. Um, You know, Yohannes Cespedes isn't going to be there. Right, right. Um, Conforto's healthy, so yeah. If their pitching staff is all healthy, yeah. Um, I think, you know, moving on from Jay Bruce probably makes them better. Anthony Swarzak's not there, so. um, (laughs) Jason Vargas still is.
0: I was, gonna think,
2: I was sitting on that one. Uh, Will yeah, we see Jason that one he Vargas? Can't is Jason
1: Vargas going to be back?
2: Yeah. How <laughs> he be? Who would Who would take that contract right now?
0: Oh, God. Is there a baseball team tanking? <laughs> oh, Jason Vargas. Yeah, that, that. yeah. I, I, look, Chrissy, I'll be honest. I don't want to see Jason Vargas anymore. I don't want to see <laughs> Travis Darno anymore. We're taking years they, off of Dexter's they, life. They, they could just, they could just go. Uh, I, I think that's what, for about,
2: that what about, what about, what in the bullpen?
0: I don't want to see him at all.
2: <laughs> <know>? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that was my suggestion last year when he was struggling. So I saw, I knows. saw
0: that, I saw that, I saw that from you when, but, when you suggested.
1: So, that. so assuming, assuming it's going to be again Degrom, Syndergaard, Mats Wheeler, whatever order. Um, would, so is Vargas going to be their fifth starter or is he going to have some sort of competition there?
2: You know, Seth Lugo would like to be a starter. Mm. I think, I think they would honestly give him that chance though. They have pretty much settled on him as a reliever. I think they have to give him the respect of letting him at least compete for that spot.
0: All right. So um, could be an opportunity for him.
2: Hmm. I th- you know I I think to be fair to him um, because when they did tell him he was going to the bullpen, Mickey promised him he'd have another ch- more chances. So I think he might get a chance. I don't think you'll see Gasalman get another chance. Um, there could be some competition for Vargas. I I don't see. I mean, you don't have any established left-handers. Why not put him in the bullpen?
0: No, it's 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 fair. It's fair. Yeah. I was so disgusted with him last year, but it's fair. It's it's fair to put him there and i think i'd rather see him there than starting at, at least i could say that uh before we get let you get out of here uh christy um the yankees just to switch over to them real quick um okay obviously a lot with them um and what they can do this off season still trying to move sunny gray um pitching is the need for the yankees but there isn't a lot of pitching out there do you see them making a move to bolster their rotation at all beyond what they've already done
2: well, I like the Paxton move. Um, I think that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see them make another signing. I honestly like Jay Happ for them. I mean, he may not have had a great outing, you know, in the playoffs. It was one outing. He was pretty good for them. But he was good
0: down the stretch. He was really good.
2: He's he's a a very efficient, smart pitcher. He knows what he does. He's good at it. You know, it didn't work that one night in Boston, but whatever. He, he'll get them there. I think you're going to see them move Sonny Gray pretty soon. Um, and, and that's, you know, kudos to them for, you know, knowing they have to do it and admitting it and just getting it over with, you know. Yeah. You don't see, you know, other teams doing that. Um, yeah, they need they need to sign someone. And, you know, I like J-Hap. That may not be a big splash move, but I think it makes them a solid You know, team going into next year.
0: All right. Well, we will see who who's the favorite right now. Would you say uh, to win the World Series in twenty nineteen?
2: Oh wow. Um, God, that's so far away.
0: I know. I I, I hate. I hate doing that question sometimes. (laughs) But But you did it. I did it anyway.
2: Uh, you know what? The Red Sox are really good.
0: That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> that's that's uh-huh. the right answer.
2: You know, we haven't we haven't seen a, re- a repeat champion in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the Red Sox are hard to beat, mm-hmm. and I really like the way Cora handled his his staff this year and his bullpen. Um, wow, you know, I, I think they're the team to beat.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll see there if anybody go. can dethrone the Red Sox. We'll also see if the Mets will actually spend some money. <laughs> that that is one of the big things christy thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it next yes. time uh once you're not as busy we'll get you in studio you'll come and hang out with us uh for a little bit okay
2: that sounds like a lot of fun and i look forward to it thanks
0: thanks so much that's yes. christy thanks Anchor. christy you can uh, read her stuff uh in the daily news baseball writer great stuff keep up the great work christy thank you so much thank you Sports Walk is back. Watch Season 2 of Backpack Broadcasting's original web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans. The entire first season and current season are available now on the Sports Walk YouTube channel and Facebook page. Check out the 2017 NYC Webfest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy. Just take the Sports Walk. This is episode fifty-four.
1: Got to pick a number
0: of the Ain't Hard to Sell podcast. Um, so we have to pick a number yeah. because Brian would not have it any other way. <laughs> no, this, this this is this is this is what
1: Brian does. Uh, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. This is my segment, if you want to call it that. But yes, for episode fifty-four, as I warned you beforehand, not a great selection, and it's only going to get worse as we get into the sixties or whatever. But football will usually be uh, handy. Have these cases. A
0: lot of linebackers.
1: So 54. We have Kwame Brown. Who... <laughs> who wore that number Dexter just made a fan? I feel like
0: I feel like we've mentioned Kwame Brown through too many numbers already, and that bothers me. So that's he
1: wore I'm this saying. one for the majority. Like this was the Wizards Kwame Brown Wizards. where he actually looked pretty good for a couple seasons. And he was good in NBA Street Volume 2 also.
0: You always have to reference some obscure video games.
1: I was going to do that during our conversation because Puig wind, wound up with the Braves and Bryce Harper signed with the Orioles, the latter of which I know is not going to happen. Anyway, Horace Grant. Wait, in what? MLB The Show. Oh, okay. Which I'm going to trade in um, uh, tomorrow because I'm definitely getting like, the next one. What are you talking
0: one. about, Puig? In, in some yeah,
1: I'm definitely getting the next one. Okay. Oh, uh, Because the Mets obviously made that deal. Otherwise I wouldn't have gotten it if they Horace, came up with the same arms. You said Horace Grant. Horace Grant.
0: That's a fifty four I always think of with basketball first. Jason Maxeel. Except I sometimes see Charles Smith uh missing layups and my mind. But that's <laughs> J- a whole other story. Jason
1: Maxeel. Nope. Goose Gossage.
0: My dad is a big Go- was a big Goose Gossage fan.
1: Irvin Santana, who uh mm-hmm. follows a lot of people on Twitter. Uh Auroldis Chapman, which could be problematic. Yes. So we're not going that route. Okay. <laughs> Brian Urlacher.
0: Great linebacker for the Chicago Bears.
1: Zach Thomas.
0: Ooh, this has got a lot of he did get a lot of great linebackers at fifty four.
1: Teddy Bruski. Nope. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to that. I'll get to that at some other point. <laughs> I didn't like some of his comments recently.
1: Chief Wahoo McDaniel. Huh. Former professional wrestler. Yes.
0: yes. Yeah. I know. But well, why is he at fifty-four?
1: He played. Uh, he played. He wore fifty four. Oh, when he was when when actually, actually playing, playing. Football. Yes, yeah, when he yeah, actually yeah. football. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I thought it had some wrestling references. No, what no, know. no. I just okay. want to throw out that he was a former professional wrestler. Okay, because you know about that life. Yes, you and are. Sadly, we also have Victor Hobson. Okay, and Le, and Levante David. That's it.
0: That's it. Yeah, Levante David. Okay. Yeah. I was th- thank you. I, you know, I have to respect Brian because Brian always tries to put in one person to needle me or irk me or or poke at me, and that could have been Charles Smith. And you didn't go there.
1: Yeah, right. Right. Thank you.
0: Thank you for not going there. Yeah. Because a lot, if you don't know, I'm a Knicks fan. Yeah. Charles Smith. Enough said.
1: Yeah. I, I might, even though he is a Pitt alum, I might have a 55 that might
0: bother you. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I don't even want to know right now. Um. 54. Listening to this,
1: I'm see see to me. I'm kind of like, whatever. I mean, I I'm cool with Earl Locker. I'm cool with Zach Thomas. There's not
0: a lot of people. There's nobody. I'm like, oh my god, I have to put right. him there. Yeah. Um. I think I'd have to go Erlocker. Yeah, that's probably where I go. That's probably um, the obvious choice. I probably go would go Horace Grant too, but I'd say Urlacher. <laughs> I think he's the best fifty-four out of these guys. I mean, if, if
1: you went Horace Grant, I don't, I don't mind that.
0: No, I'm gonna go. I'm a, you know what? Um, we've got a lot. We a lot of NBA guys. No, nah, so but I'm it's
1: like, gonna be more football guys. Like when we get to the '80s, it's pretty much gonna be all football guys, all receivers. That is true. You, you know, know what?
0: Let's give it to Let's give it to Horace. There's Grant. not
1: much basketball left. Trust me.
0: Uh, it an- with a, you know a great hip hop line, uh, from "It's All About the Benjamins." Trying to stack these grants like Horace. Horace Grant, it is. Horace 54. Grant. All right, Matt, get on that. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, episode number fifty-four. We want to thank our guests. Uh, Christy Ackert, uh, the great writer of, uh, daily news, national baseball writer. Uh, you can check her out and all the work that she does. Thank you for coming on to talk some baseball, which we haven't got to do. So that was really good to do. We want to thank you guys. Uh, please continue to support us. Check out, uh, Patreon, become a subscriber for extra content from the podcast. Also, we have a short survey that is in the notes of this podcast. Be sure to fill out that survey. Your information and feedback definitely helps us as we continue to grow. That's it for Brian Fonseca, who's somewhere lost on his phone right now. I'm Dexter Henry. That's it for episode number 54 of the A Hard to Tell podcast. Peace, y'all.
1: I'm sending Matt the information.
0: Oh, yeah, I did that now. Thanks. <laughs>